You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Welcome back inside Rob Omeka Arena. The Condors and the Wranglers meeting for the seventh time on the season. We're laughing, but we shouldn't be laughing. We shouldn't be. The Condor is out running around at center ice. I love it. I love it. This is Condor's town. Uh, <laughs> the bird's going over to the Condor. The bird man was bringing the bird out to put him at the perch. Look at the Condor's players are getting away from him. Look at him. There's, oh, there he goes up on the bench. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the greatest. Oh, my gosh. The bird's going down. He's down the tunnel. Bird, the bird's done. He's down the tunnel. He's going to the locker room. And that didn't exactly go as planned, but it's all good. <laughs> Oh, hey, welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, and I am still not an animal expert. My name's Chris, and I'm definitely what? not an animal expert. Chris? Yeah. What are you doing here? It's me. It's, it's <laughs> Donna with a new voice. I'm, I think oh, I, have, no. I have the opposite of Donna's voice. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donna is taking a short break this week. And with me today is my good buddy, Chris Brayton. He is a wonderful podcaster and a longtime contributor to the show. Uh, he is the person you hear every week who always sounds sad that we're going to talk about animal <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> That's true. I, I forgot that I did it that. It is true. I don't, because like when I... When I listen, it just uh, it just kind of like my vo- own voice glosses over. So it's like, oh, that's right, that was me speaking. <laughs> that's right. That's that's really funny. <laughs> We're gonna talk about it anyway. Yeah, that's so funny. Chris, welcome, welcome Thanks. to the podcast. I'm so excited. My girls have contributed to the show in Rugrats Corner. Oh yes. I have not been on the show, so my girls have been on it more than I have in terms of like more than just talking about animal intelligence. So this is fun. Yeah, glad to have you. And uh, you are from California. Are you a native of California? I am. I, I live in I live in Bakersfield, California, which is about ninety minutes north, uh, depending on traffic, of course, from Los Angeles uh, in the San Joaquin Valley in Kern County. And uh, it's yeah, I've been here well so far almost my whole life. Still got a, hopefully a couple more years to go. You know, so yeah. So, yeah, uh, the time came where I needed to find a guest host to fill in just for one week, and I immediately thought of you, and I wanted to talk about a uniquely Californian animal with you, and we agreed that the condor would be a good one. Oh, when you asked which one we were going to, like, hey, what's one that you like, Chris? I'm like, well, we could talk about the condor, which we are all pretty crazy for here in Bakersfield and the rest of California. But Bakersfield specifically, that clip that you played is like infamous here in town because our local, <laughs> yeah, oh, I was laughing the whole time. That's that's just too good. <laughs> but yeah, we love condors here in California. They, of course, you know, super endangered and still 
you know, climbing up the scales. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we, we love them. We absolutely love them here. And you also have a, a uh, what's called the California Living Museum of Kern County. Tell me about that. Yeah, the, the, the California Living Museum, uh, also, we call it CALM. Is what, is what everyone calls it. That's the acronym for it. Uh, Calm is is a is a zoo that we have here in Kern County, and their their biggest thing is uh, rehabilitation and release. So so they'll take any Kern County uh, Kern County animal, and they'll uh, and and they'll like bring it back to life. Like uh, you bring it back to full health, and then the, hopefully they'll be able to release it back in the wild. Uh, their last stats, if I remember correctly, it was 80% of their animals that are taken in uh, are are luckily released right back into the wild. Um, so the the other 20% are either too hurt for them to help, which is always a really sad thing. But I mean, they're not miracle workers. And then, but then the rest of them are actually kept and housed inside uh, their their grounds, and uh, you know they're they're taken care of until until they pass. And uh, they have bears. Which are local Lucan County mountain lions, bobcats. Uh, they have, and of course, they have condors. That's one of their newest ones, and uh, helping to, to reestablish the species. And it's just an incredible place. Uh, I actually live on acreage, and we have animals. We had barn owls that were released into our uh, woods that we have in the back, and it really reduced our rodent population. That's for darn sure. Oh wow! Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, we have calm, rehabilitated uh, uh, barn owls in our trees, which we just absolutely love. So they they know that we're a place that they need to release something back into the wild. We are happy to do it. And so we just we think the world of them. So it's so nice to be able to talk about them on air. Uh, real quick, just want to talk about your podcast. Now, you were the host of the More Gooder Than podcast. That is on permanent hiatus. Uh, yeah. To put it nicely, you're done with that, right? <laughs> it, yeah. it is finished. I told the guys if they ever want to, if they ever want to bring it back, they can, you know, it's not like, but it's still out there. More gooder than is still out there. That is definitely not in the same vein as varmints. That's for darn sure. Uh, in terms of content for the kitties. Um, oh yeah. No, yeah. no, no. It was <laughs> sometimes not family friendly. Yeah, Sometimes not family friendly. Maybe often not family friendly. Oh, very often not family family friendly. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it's still out there. We we it's it'll it'll all hundred and forty something episodes of it are still still out there in the ethosphere. So we can uh, it's still there. But no, I I actually am coming up with a new podcast, which has been uh, you've been super uh, a big supporter of, and and you're going to be uh, one of my first guests for it, and I'm really excited yeah. for it. But uh, no, it's called I Like to Like Things, and it's basically a a, a, a place where uh, ordinary people can discuss their extraordinary love for their quote-unquote thing. And everyone's got a thing that they love, and they don't necessarily get a chance to talk about it. And uh, I want to make create a safe space for people basically to geek out, in a, and I want to share their enthusiasm, because... I, the world can be pretty negative and I want to just bring a big old dose of positivity. And I think the more that we learn about the world and the more we learn that there are things that we haven't even discovered yet that can bring us joy. And I want to have people learn how to like new things, basically myself included. So almost all the guests are going to be talking about something that I have 
very little knowledge on too. So I get to join in on the fun with the rest of the audience and it's going to be a great, great time. I'm really excited for it. It's going to be very uplifting, positivity vibes all around. Um, but uh, that's going to be coming out this October is my planned release. I've had a really, really good response from my guests. So I might have plenty of things to record and I might be able to release by the end of September. But uh, it's going to be coming really soon. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be available on all all your favorite podcatchers. Uh, after we record, I'm actually going to post it, um, the promo on there. So there is a place for you to be able to subscribe. So go ahead and look for I Like to Like Things podcast on any of your pod, uh, favorite podcatchers. And uh, yep. so you can be ready for that. But yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks for letting me talk about it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm super looking forward to it. I'm going to be on the show talking about the band Tool. Yes, you are, my friend. Because I love the band Tool. I want to get that personal touch. I want to feed off of the enthusiasm. It's uh, like a like a fun vampire. So a really, really nice fun vampire. <laughs> a fun vampire. Awesome. A positive, uplifting podcast from a, a guy who is off the mic, on the mic, just positive and, and uplifting himself so thanks, i'm looking brother. forward to that very very much thanks a lot man i'm really excited i'm so glad you get to be on it too this is making me really happy just a reminder to go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode we're also on twitter and instagram at varmints podcast all one word and at varmints podcast at gmail.com for questions comments stories and suggestions uh, we're on Pinterest and put varmints into the search engine at tpublic.com for all kinds of wonderful merch. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast. We are everywhere that podcasts are found and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. Yes, it is. And we have Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much for giving a few dollars to the show every month. We do appreciate it. Those cover costs like like hosting and merch and, and giving people fun things and, you know, just paying for the to keep the lights on, as they say. So we do appreciate your support through Patreon. This show will always be free, but if you want to help us cover some costs, patreon.com slash varmints. Now, let's learn about some condors. Hey! Hey! Let's go get educated on some animals. I know you wanna. <laughs> yes, so we are, as we said, we're learning about condors today. There are two living species of these very large, broad-winged birds in the world. There's the Andean condor, which is the largest flying bird in the world, and the Californian condor, which is the largest flying bird in North America, and also one of the rarest birds. We'll talk about that as we go along. Both species of condor are part of a family called New World Vultures, and Vultures is going to be its own episode in the future, so look forward to that. Today we're just going to talk about these two condors. Andean condors are a bit bigger and heavier than Californian condors. The adults of that species can weigh up to 30 pounds or 15 kilograms and have a wingspan of 10 and a half feet or just over 3 meters long. They look a lot like the California condor, but Andean condors uh, are mostly black. They have grayish-white wing feathers and a white fringe of feathers around the neck. So like those cartoon vultures that have the little uh, the little collar of, of white feathers. That's them. That's these guys. I love them. Yeah. I already love them. <laughs> They're great. 
Male Andean condors also have a caruncle and wattles. You know what those are? The the wattle is the, is the little hangy ball that goes beneath their their neck, and then the caruncle's above their above their beak. Correct? Above like where our nose would be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the big the the fleshy fleshy parts of the the face. Ugh. Fun words. Yeah, fleshy. So fleshy word. Fleshy is always a great word to say out loud. Yeah, <laughs> moist. Like moist. No. no. <laughs> so Andean condors are found all along the east coast of South America. Adult California condors have almost all black plumage on their bodies except for their head and their neck which are naked. Adults can weigh up to 20 pounds or 9 kilograms and have a wingspan of up to 9 feet or 2.75 meters. The ones that are left are found not only in California, but in small parts of Arizona, Utah, and Mexico. Male and female condors are called just that, just male and female condors. Baby condors are called chicks. A group of condors, I love this, the collective noun for a group of condors is a condo or a scarcity. Oh, man. Scarcity is kind of negative. It's a little negative. I like condo. Yeah, condo is much more positive. Like, scarcity is like, well, there's a couple of us, and that's actually pretty much all that's left. So, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I like condo, though, because I have fun picturing condors having, like, a homeowner's association. <laughs> Why did you park your van? In front of the street. That is what yeah. I'm sorry, Bill. Bill, you got to listen to me. You have to park yeah. your van in your driveway or in, that that's the designated place. Anything left in the street, you're going to have to pay more money to the HOA. Like we're going to have a meeting about it. And yeah. Brenda, Brenda, you cannot lay your egg here. You know the bylaws. That is that is three inches on my side of the yard, Brenda. Get out of here <laughs> with your with your kids and everything. Oh. <laughs> Dang it, Brenda. Your music is too oh. loud. Steven, Steven, listen to me. Steven, you have to keep your lawn mowed, okay? You can't just let it go crazy. <laughs> it's part of the HOA. Yeah, condo is better than scarcity. I think it's I think uh. it's it's canon now. The the word condor comes <laughs> The word condor comes from the Quechua language, which is an indigenous language spoken by people living in the Peruvian Andes and the highlands of South America. It's one of those words where the native people just called it a condor. We don't really know what the name means, but it's just, it's a condor. Now it's a condor because they said it was a condor. Those are my favorite. I like, like, what is it? Yep. What does it mean? It just means what it is. It means it's a new word. You know, it's a, it's <laughs> pretty much it's like I just invented a word. Congratulations. That's what that's yeah. called now. I love the I love it when the name means nothing other than just that. So uh, I, I do. Yeah, they, they, they saw a condor and they called it a condor and now it's a condor. It, they are incredible to look at. If, if you can see them, if you can, it, it's you just it looks like a dinosaur is basically what it is. It's a living dinosaur like beautiful monster just flying through the sky. Uh, it's, it's incredible <laughs> to look at. They really are. It's, it's, they're hard. It's when you see, like, like when you see an elephant or a whale and you're just like, gosh, things can get that big. That's the bird version. Uh, when you see one of the condors, you're just, it is a beautiful creature, even though they are um, kind of scary looking. So <laughs> they're still pretty great. Even in pictures, they're a little they're a little frightening looking. I would love to see one up close. Oh, it's incredible! It really, really is to see. Yeah, 
So you had a you had a grab bag of some fun little facts about condors. Yeah. So I, I was telling you off air, Bakersfieldians are, are huge geeks about condors. So when when we got to talk about this with my wife and telling her, oh, I'm going to be on varmints and we're going to talk about condors. She's like, oh, oh, well, I have a ton of information that we could talk about. And so it was we got to geek out together. Uh, but they, uh, California condors scavenge for food using their well-developed eyesight or by following other birds of prey. These are sharp, powerful beaks to tear the soft tissue off a carcass, generally avoiding the hide. If hide or any other indigestible material is eaten, the bird will regurgitate it as a pellet. That's fun, mm. right? Mm, regurgitate yeah. as a pellet. <laughs> Another good word. Condors must eat around one to two pounds of food per day, but can, but can eat up to three to four pounds at one time. If they perform this behavior, they may not need to feed again for several days. Wow. That's fun. Speaking of their eating, condors are a type yes. of vulture, which we mentioned before. Uh, I am looking forward to that episode. That's going to be good. Uh, they are scavengers and eating the rotten leftovers of predators. Eating rotten meat would make any of us sick, but not them. They have a specially designed digestive tract that makes them the nature's perfect cleanup crew. First, they have Super Acid, which is my um, which is the name of my band, Super Acid. So uh, first, they have Super Acids in their stomachs that can break down bone <laughs> and kill disease. Okay. They have high levels of tolerance for bacteria. Even humans have bacteria in our intestines that help us digest food. But theirs, uh, the bacteria in their stomach is actually a cousin to the bacteria that live on dead things and cause disease. Their stomach is basically the same as nature's bacteria that's breaking down the dead animal. Like that's what lives inside their stomach, wow. is their gut bacteria. That's so cool. Uh, just like we would wash up before and after meals, they clean their heads, which are already bald, to keep their meals from sticking to them. To get the flesh pieces off after a meal, they rub their heads on whatever they can find, like rocks or grass or branches. If they had feathers, it would be really hard to keep them clean. But since it's just skin, they can rub off the ickies pretty easily, <laughs> which actually is really nice if you think about it. Yeah. I, I do like that because they're sticking their heads fully into creatures. And their heads are huge. I mean, they're the size of a grown man's like fist, and which you've seen before because people will feed vulture, uh, vultures and condors uh, like with puppets, you know. So that's about the size of a of their head is a is a grown man's fist. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I always like I always wondered, and I remember reading that like, why are their heads like that? And it's like because they would be disgusting <laughs> if they yeah. if they had feathers on their heads. Um, also, their wingspan is what allows them to stay in the air for so long. I mean, they can stay up there for hours. They use the hot air currents to rise up to 15,000 feet, and they can still scout Holy for food. That's moly. how good their eyesight is, too. We talked about it earlier. When they have when they eat for days, if they don't find food, they'll just stay up there, just kind of floating in the air. And they, do, they beat their wings so rarely because their wingspan can basically have them like a hang glider. And they'll just stay up there until, in, until they actually will eat something. It's and so they they spend no energy doing that other than just existing, and that's why you see the vultures and other types of carrion birds just kind of floating in the air in circles. Yeah. they're just riding currents. They're not they're not even flapping their wings. It's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, 
I wanted to talk a little bit about their life cycle because sometimes when you have an animal that's in a bunch of trouble, like the California condor, yes, you might wonder why it's so hard for them and for other animals to just bounce back from being threatened or endangered. You, some people think that, well, if you just leave them alone, they're just going to make baby condors and they'll come back and then... But when you look at the life cycle... Yeah, it's not true. It's not quite that simple. It's believed that condors mate for life and they go back to the same nesting site over and over again. Condors only breed every two years, and that breeding season is a very, very small window. It's between February and March. So a female condor will lay one single bluish-white egg during that breeding season. They don't have a nest full of eggs. They have that one egg. She'll lay it in a a fairly inaccessible area, about 3,000 feet above sea level. She'll gather some sticks. You can't even really call it a nest. They're just kind of there to make sure that the egg doesn't roll off the cliff. The egg is just there on bare rock. And now we're talking about wild California condors, which there aren't many of, of course, in captivity. That's a whole different situation. Both parents are going to incubate the egg. If something happens to the egg, whether it gets damaged or broken or eaten by a predator, the breeding pair can produce another egg in that February to March window. But it takes anywhere from 54 to 58 days to hatch an egg. So there really isn't a whole lot of margin of error for a, for a new egg in the wild to make it. Jeez. Oh, if that egg hatches, if everything goes well, in about five or six months, they're going to start flying short distances. They'll stay dependent on their parents throughout the first winter at least. Condors are not sexually mature until they reach six years of age. So once a condor reaches that age and it has no predators, it can start making little condors You know, like I say, if all goes well, if they don't wind up eating plastic or lead or getting shot by idiots, then uh, they can start making little condors. The average condor in the wild can live to be about 60 years old. So it's kind of just getting over that hump after six years. And once they get past that, they really don't have a lot of predators and they're, they're good to go. Captive condors can live up to 90 years old. It's amazing. It really really is. Yeah, I, I, you don't realize how long birds could live because you, you think of it in terms of like what lives the longest. You're going to think of like reptiles, like tortoises or, or things of that nature. But birds, they can live for forever. Uh, not really, you know, not actually forever, yeah. but, <laughs> but they live so <laughs> long when you talk about these bird species and how long they live. And especially for it being such a big animal, because usually giants don't last as long as the other smaller animals. For you telling me that it can last to 90 years in the captivity, that's incredible. Like my great-grandchildren are going to see these condors at Calm. I love knowing that. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually play your bumper. Do you want to like, do you remember your how your bumper goes? Do you want to like, talk along with it or no just 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 let me let me have it just let me have it all right disclaimer time oh jeez the vomits podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence but then donna and paul only have the yardstick of themselves so they're gonna do it anyway You sound so, so sad. sad. I, I could redo it if you'd like. They're going to do it anyway. I guess I can do it then. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. All right, Chris. So you put something in the show notes that I could not believe. You said that you were going to give condors a nine because they're so smart and social that they're sometimes called 
flying primates. Yeah. Ten, ten would be like dolphin, right? Is that what we're saying is a ten? Like a dolphin or a, or a chimpanzee? The condors are, yeah, they're called the, the flying primates. We have a really, really good story. I know I bring up the Calm Zoo a lot, but my wife is is an incredible woman and she does a lot of work with nonprofits because the Calm Zoo is a nonprofit and they do most of their stuff, most of their funding through donations and uh, people are very, very generous with it. And so when they were able to uh, put up their condor sanctuary uh, there, they had a media day after they had acclimated. Well, uh, they have uh, two captive condors. Um, they can't be released into the wild. Uh, and one of them especially really, really, really loves kids. Like specifically children, has seen lots of kids. They love the zoologists that work with them. So my oldest daughter uh, was there with us and she would have been, um, gosh, she would have been three or four at the time. And the condor standing on its legs was was bigger than her even when it was on the ground. And condors will mimic body movements of humans. So like if you're swaying from side to side, a condor will sway from side to side. It will jump if you're jumping, like it'll it'll copy you. Uh, it'll play with you, basically. They, when they first had the media day, uh, my wife got invited because she'd helped out so much with funding. And so we got to bring our daughter and she was dancing to the condor. She loves to dance. And so she was dancing and and and, basically like singing to the condor and talking to the condor and the condor swooped down uh, from its airy and with its huge wingspan, of course, it, uh, like I was saying, like they can be terrifying if you don't know what they are. And so it swoops down and it kind of scared her at first. And we were right there. And uh, granted, this thing wasn't like out in the open. She was in no danger or anything. And they're not predators. They're, sure. You, so like, of course, but like it swoops down and then she just keeps dancing. And so this condor with its wings outstretched starts dancing with my oldest daughter. And so, and then she was running across and it was flying and hopping and, and, and going with her and obviously having an absolute blast. It was enjoying all the interaction. And play is one of those things that's kind of an indicator of of high intelligence in animals right. or whatever we consider intelligence to be uh, problem solving. They do that. There was a... Uh, there was a, a really good article in uh, smithsonianmagazine.com, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, about how smart condors are. They're problem solvers. They learn from each other. They communicate in ways with each other and with humans that is sort of on a higher level than a lot of other animals. And so when I first saw that you gave them a nine, I was kind of skeptical, but I'm telling you, they're right up there with, with ravens and crows, like our corvids, which are, you know, a good eight and a half, nine. So I'm I'm going to go with that. Like, they're a lot smarter than I gave them credit for. All right, well, we are going to talk about condors in pop culture. We're going to talk a little bit about condors and wildlife conservation, but we're going to do that right after this. Hi, my name's Chris. And I don't need to tell you that this world can be a dark and negative place. And we all know that it's hard to stay positive, especially if you're going it alone. I believe the more we learn to enjoy the world around us, the better off we'll be. To make matters easier, I've learned that everything is better with a friend. Even more so, with a passionate friend. That's why I host the new podcast, I Like to Like Things. Each episode will feature ordinary people 
sharing their extraordinary love for, you guessed it, a thing. Everyone's got something they're passionate about. Whether it's a TV show, a sports team, a musical artist, a certain cuisine, or an outdoor activity. Whatever that thing is, I want my guests to share their enthusiasm and teach me and you about what they love. With their help, we can make the world a little brighter, a little friendlier, and a little more enjoyable, one episode at a time. Look for I Like to Like Things on your favorite podcast provider. Hey there everyone, Paul and Donna are a couple of nerds just like you, and they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk about where we all see them most of the time, on movies, TV, comic books, toys and video games. Are you a DC or a Marvel guy, Chris? Are you both? Are you equal opportunity? I'm an equal opportunity subscriber. Yeah, I before I got married, I was I had a humongous comic book collection. And then I didn't have a disposable income because we you know we bought a house and things like that, so I had to stop collecting. Sure. But oh my gosh, I I loved both of them. I'm the same way. And so in the DC comics, there's a superhero called Black Condor. There have been three versions of Black Condor. Originally, he was Richard Gray, who had the power of flight and fought using weaponry. Then the second sort of iteration was a guy called Ryan Kendall. And along with the power of flight, he used telekinesis. He could move things with his mind. And now the current Black Condor is a Navajo man called John Trujillo. And his powers were given to him by the Spider Woman, who is a Native American sky goddess. So he got way more interesting. He has superhuman strength and superhuman speed, which if you're going to have a superhero, that's just kind of a given, right? Well, you could have like, I have less than human speed and less than human strength, <laughs> but I can fly. <laughs> so, <laughs> would, you, would you give up being able to open up like pill bottles, but you can also like fly six inches off the ground? You know, like a fun would you rather. Like... <laughs> Not quite strong enough to do everyday things, but you know, floating is cool. So, I I need to be able to open pill bottles. That's another story for a whole yeah. different podcast. Or like <laughs> open up a jar of pickles. Like you know, yeah. like, like a jar of pickles comes up. Like I got this. I got this yeah. jar of pickles. <laughs> so another one of his superpowers is that he can fly at great speeds with black wings that sprout from his shoulders. He can also do aerokinesis, which I think that's they just made that up for the comics. Aerokinesis is the ability to manipulate the wind. So he Ooh. can create large large blasts of air, which I can also do. Or yeah. or I can I, I do it every day. It's called sneezing. <laughs> so Okay, yeah. Yeah, yes, it's sneezing. <laughs> or whirlwinds. He can create whirlwinds that can concuss whatever is attacking him. Okay, I can't do that. <laughs> He is described as very serious, and he seems somewhat uncomfortable interacting with other people. And he's part of a team of superheroes in the DC universe called the Freedom Fighters, which were an oddly patriotic American group of superheroes. Black Condor is not featured that much in pop culture that you can consume other than comic books. He got a mention in the animated film Batman and Harley Quinn. He appeared in one episode of the animated series Batman the Brave and the Bold as part of the team of Freedom Fighters. 
I have a little clip from that here. Allow me to introduce the rest of my team. Black Condor. Human Bomb. The Raid. And Phantom Lady. <laughs> Together with Dollman, they are the Freedom Fighters. That's Uncle Sam, right? It's Uncle Sam. That's Uncle she, Sam. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, he was the leader of the Freedom Fighters. Uh, Black Condor only had one line in this entire cartoon, and was it, it wasn't even like... Kakaa! Kakaa! <laughs> I wish it was that interesting. It was just like one of those throwaway, let's go get him lines, but it wasn't even like, it wasn't interesting. And it, that was not a good cartoon. And the superheroes in the Freedom Fighters were named, I think they were named by a six-year-old. Phantom Lady and Doll Man. And what was the other one? He, the the, the rain. Human the rain? human bomb bomb person. Bomb person. That's it. Bomb person. Bomb person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Black Condor seems like a very very cool uh, superhero, but he's just very very underutilized, let's say. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see DC do Ka-ka! more with. <laughs> maybe not so much with that, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> Is that what they sound like? Uh, yes. That's a, that. Oh. That is actually a recording of <laughs> okay. a California condor. Um, yes that that is that is that is factual. So okay. <laughs> so we started the show with an actual condor. I think it's an Andean condor that is the mascot for a hockey team. Yeah, the no that that was one of the condors from from Calm. The 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 condor that they have on like all their merch and things is yeah, it's that white tufted Andean condor, which is like okay. hey, you guys could you guys could have fixed that. Come on. Uh, but my local American Hockey League team uh, is the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, they feed into the Edmonton Oilers NHL team. Uh, mm-hmm. They were also the AHL League champs for the 2018-2019 season. Uh, they have a pet condor they bring out on the ice, which you heard a nice YouTube clip of um, yeah. before every game. And uh, they don't do it anymore because it comes out to, uh, you know, mixed results. Um, <laughs> it used to be that if you put a, if you typed into the um, the gift bar on any of the like social media platforms, you typed in Bakersfield, it would have a condor hopping around. Um, it had the condor hopping around the ice, like chasing things. So that was, that was <laughs> That was a lot of fun. The Condors, it's funny. Um, so, like, most of the teams of these, of, of like, local teams that, that the league they were in, they would fail, like, miserably. Like, there wouldn't be enough, uh, like, attendance or they wouldn't get enough sponsorship or anything. And so these teams would uh, would fail miserably. The Condors have been the Condors for not as long. Um, they used to be called the Bakersfield Fog, used to be the name of the team, because we're known for our, we were known for our fog in, um, early spring, late winter. Uh, okay. And so they used, that used to be, and then they changed to the Condors, I mean, decades ago. We've been the Condors for a long time. But um, somehow, through through recessions and, and, and bad economies, the Bakersfield Condors hockey team has, like, survived um, and thrived. Like, the attendance record is huge. Uh, it might be the fact that it's a cold place to go uh, in the middle of the Bakersfield summer, which is deadly. Sure. And, uh, but oh, it's great. It's so much fun. They're great with the community. 
And yeah, so that is it, the Bakersfield Condors. And yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. But yeah, that, that YouTube clip you played is infamous <laughs> here in town. And uh, it's... <laughs> It's hard not to laugh at because it was, it was, and now we know it wasn't trying to attack anybody. Now, especially that we know how smart they are. It just wanted to play like, Hey, you want to play? I'm here to play. Let's play. <laughs> Let's do that. I want to play hockey. Give me a stick. I'm ready to play. I can play goalie. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine a, a condor actually playing goalie with its <laughs> wings outstretched? Oh. Yeah. The best goalie ever. Best goalie ever. Oh, you might be uh, onto something. I'm, I'm onto it. You might be. I'm. <laughs> onto this. Put that video everywhere. The video is the greatest video of all time. We will definitely include that video in the show notes. My favorite part of the video is the trainer, he loses control of the condor. He regains control of the condor. And as soon as he does, he slips and hits the ice so hard. <laughs> like, yeah, you can feel bad. it in your own skeleton when you watch him hit the ice. And of course, the condor just hops off and it it nobody regains control of the condor for the rest of the video oh, it just disappears a... are you one of those people <laughs> when someone like hits the ice or like hurts themselves in videos like you feel it physically too i, I know not i every... feel it physically yeah like if someone hits the ground hard i feel it in the place oh, yeah. where they hit and apparently that's not everybody so welcome to that special club that feels pain um <laughs> from other people but they, um, yeah, that the the condor was not was not ready to play nice. It just wanted to play hockey. <laughs> it was ready to go. Would you eat it in a box? Would you eat it with a fox? Would you eat the fox? Would you eat it? <laughs> Chris, are you gonna eat a condor? Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely no. not. Uh, yeah, for two two reasons. Well, actually, not multiple reasons. One, they seem very very smart. I would not eat a dolphin, yeah. so I'm not eating. Uh, and and so there's that. Like they would, I don't want to taste the intelligence when I bite into something. So that just that makes me that would make me sad. Also, of course, you know, the critically endangered uh, population is increasing due to efforts. But like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to depopulate. No. Uh, depopulate, and also, of course. According to the movie, Lightning Jack with Paul Hogan, eating vultures gives him bad gas. So I'm not going um, <laughs> to, yep. I don't want to do that. Yeah. No, if you want to eat a condor, just go to the store and buy a turkey instead. That's what I yeah. think. And there's really no evidence. There's really nothing to suggest that the Native Americans ate them too. So that's going to go right into our next part. <laughs> well, hello, Paula Donna. I've been meaning to ask you. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Well, let's help you win that next trivia night. Or just sound smarter than the rest of the room. With the Animal Fact of the Week. Back to you, amigos. <laughs> so yeah, Native Americans really revered the California condor. They figured into the myths and legends and religious beliefs of several tribes back in the 17th and 18th centuries condor feathers and skin were used for religious and ceremonial purposes a lot of the feathers were harvested from dead condors or just dropped feathers you know you walk around and you just see a feather on the ground but their feathers are huge so they would run across a feather and, and just keep it and because condors use the same nesting sites every year it's very possible that those peoples knew where to go to find some feathers and it was actually considered taboo to kill a condor you just you couldn't do it 
some tribes did it anyway once in a great while it was just out of necessity if they needed a condor for a sacrifice or for something very important but all of this to say that the human impact on condors back then was fairly low there was a lot of condors they had a huge range and people were basically leaving them alone and also how could you hunt them uh, how could you like if we talked about it earlier if they're soaring at heights of 15,000 feet for days on end looking sure. for different there is nothing that's in range for when they spend most of their time in the air at heights that humans could not reach for for centuries like no one's no one's going around being able to hunt them uh, when they're on the prowl too of course sure so you could kind of see where they're so big and they're so far up in the sky and their feathers are, are huge that people would think, hey, that's, you know, either a god or something that represents a god flying up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what happens is Europeans, of course, they arrive in Western North America. The Native Americans are driven away and the condors get pushed further and further west toward the coast from British Columbia to Baja, California. The birds kind of manage to maintain a strong population there until humans just keep pushing further and further west. And so that's when shooting, egg collecting, poisoning by cyanide traps that were meant for coyotes, power line collisions, a general just sort of habitat degradation, and especially lead poisoning started to take a really, really heavy toll for the next decades to the point that in 1982, there were only 22 California condors left in the wild. And those condors were rounded up by wildlife conservationists who began to breed them in captivity. So now I'm a, this is the part where I get up on my soapbox. This is why wildlife conservation is so important. We were talking about it before we hit the record button. Uh, if we as humans cause a species of animal to decline to a critically endangered level, like the condors are at right now, I think we as humans also have the responsibility of helping that animal to recover so that we can educate future generations at places like the uh, like the, the uh, wildlife conservation center that you have. So yeah, it, educate those kids to take care of animals. What is it called? The California Living Museum? Yeah, California Living Museum, and it, yeah. the acronym is CALM. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they take many, many donations. Uh, yeah. they, they are, gosh, they're just an incredible thing for the community. A force in the community they do things like winter lights uh where they decorate their entire thing during the winter months and you can go and visit with the family they have a train that they go through that that's run by uh all volunteers almost everybody that works there is a volunteer too they have some permanent staff but when my daughter gets old enough she has two more years and she can become a she can become an animal uh handler there in training and work with the zoologists that are permanently on staff. She's so ready to go and volunteer, uh, and uh, it's they they it's it's incredible. And you talked about hunting earlier too. And obviously, condors are completely off limits to any type of hunting. Uh, but one of the things too is is that one of the ways that they've been. You talked about lead poisoning. This isn't someone going out there and feeding condors lead. This is that you hunting with lead lead ammunition and leaving it inside the animals so it's unsafe hunting practices that are hurting condors as well where you're just hunting and leaving things in the wild and though the condors of course are doing their job they're out there you know we talked about earlier nature's cleanup crew 
And so if you're just hunting and and leaving these your 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 kills in the wild, condors are going to eat them. And because that's what they do. And they're going to eat the lead bullets that are inside those carcasses. And that is actually one of the things that contributes most to wild condor um, uh, deaths. It's uh, when looking it up, I was I just assumed that people were hunting condors to extinction, but it's actually unsafe hunting of other animals that are contributing the most at this point to to condor uh, uh, condor extinction, which is just so sad because anyway, I'm sad about yeah. it. Yeah, let's move. Yeah, and, and you know, we talked about it in the Prairie Dogs episode, and we talked about it in the episode we did about coyotes that really the idea of hunting is not to shoot something and then just leave it there to die. So right. it's hard to call that hunting. You're, people right. will go out and, and shoot these animals for sport and then That's just it. leave them there. And then when you have a bird that or another animal that feeds on carrion, they're not going to take the time to pick out the lead pellets. They're just going to eat the lead pellets. Right. So exactly. yeah, I would argue that that is what the, what those people are doing is not hunting. They're just kind of, uh, their they're target practice is what they're doing. Uh, yeah, you're right. That is just target. That's target practice. And and there are many. Yeah. I know many people that are hunters. They hunt responsibly. They hunt for um, to to help keep the invasive species down, the population down. Target practice is bad. Target practice on animals yep. is bad. <laughs> so, yep. Don't do it. That's not. Uh, we we don't <laughs> we don't condone that here. If you want to hunt, if you want to fish, if that's something you want to do, do it ethically, legally, safely. And that's fine. That's the thing about this podcast is we we end with the phrase, be nice to animals. And we really, really do mean that. But we're just not going to tell you how you should do that. Everybody has their own definition of that. And that's what we want you to do. So do it. Hey, thanks, everybody, again for listening. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us one more time with the podcast. How can we uh, how can we reach you on social media? What should we look for? You, you can uh, find us on any uh, podcatcher. Um, I will be putting up uh, the promo for now so you can subscribe to I Like to Like Things on any of your podcast uh, providers. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at like to like things, and that's the number two. That's like the number two like things. Like to like things. Uh, you can also reach me on um, on Gmail at I Like to Like Things podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have like, if you want to be part of the show, if you have an idea for somebody else that should be on the show, or you want to recommend, or just after you listen to an episode, if you if you want to chime in um, on uh, on on any like, if you have ways for me to enjoy something more, or ideas on how uh, that the guest could could uh, could uh, could expand on what the guest was saying, uh, I'm going to have Paul on. We're going to be recording uh, very soon. Uh, and so he'll be talking about the band Tool, as he said earlier. So if you're a fan of Paul, hopefully you'll tune in and, and listen to him talk about uh, something he likes. And it's going to yeah. be family friendly too, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be safe for work. Now, obviously, some of the things like Tool can be considered definitely not safe for work for a lot of different people. But our conversation about them will be safe for work. So um, right. that that's that's going to be the whole the whole the whole shtick of the whole show. So yeah. Excellent. Thank you, everybody, again for listening. This show has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by the wonderful and talented Imran Javed. Donna will be back in a couple of weeks. Our voice talent this week was Carrie McGinnis. You, Chris Brayton, thank you so much. Chris Green, <laughs> Stacy and Frosty, and Justine and Santiago. 
Brisky Cawthon heads up our homeowners association for our Condor condo. Uh, now it's the Rugrat Corner. Now, if you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger that wants to be on the podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for details. Uh, they make it super easy for your Rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast. And I think I've mentioned this before. My girls have done it. And they will be doing it now. Hey, can you girls tell me something about condors? Yeah. Condors are big birds, and the hockey team named Condors is named after Condors. Really? What yeah. Else? And and they even are they're larger. Larger than what? Larger than our dad. They're bigger than me. Yeah. That's great. What else? Um, and they have large pink skin uh-huh. and large pink. And large big beaks. That's great. Uh, you can see through their noses. And yeah. and they're like the nature's cleanup crew. Really? Yeah. What do they eat? Um they eat they eat they eat insects that are dying in the woods. You think so? Yeah. I like that. I think so. I I think that they eat mice. Like dead mice? Yep. All right. I think they eat both. They probably eat a lot of things, huh? Yep. Yeah. Thank you, girls. Thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next time, be nice to animals. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. You sent me many, many things. I have I have buttons. Oh, we, we sent you buttons. The buttons are a rare item. I, I stopped getting buttons because they were too expensive I, and too hard to ship. So. I could sell it on eBay for for tens of dollars. <laughs> for t- <laughs> Maybe tens, tens of, of dollars do- if you're lucky. Multiple numbers of dollars <laughs> is what I could do. <laughs> if one of us dies and it's like a, you know, when, when a musician dies and all of a sudden their thing becomes really popular, you might get $20 yes. for that button. I'm coming for you, Chomo. I'm coming for you. <laughs> okay. Got to get my, got to get my pin <laughs> what, money. What to kill me? 